It's time for 10 Minutes of Faith. That's right. Today we're going to do a little bit of Bible talk. I haven't done this in a while, so I thought I'd throw one out to y'all. Just a quick little 10-minuter. But, uh, you know, when I was reading the Bible here the other day, I was in Luke, and one of the things that really struck me was how often we do not pay attention to the very first words that are ever recorded that Jesus spoke. And if you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke uh, chapter 2, and right there in verse 49, you know, just to kind of set up the story, of course, this is that one where his mom and dad had forgot him, or, well, they didn't know where he was at, and that's a whole story in itself, but they end up going back to the church, uh, back to the temple, and there they find Jesus. <clears throat> and one of the things is, I want you uh, to hear everything said here. Verse 48 says, so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Verse 49 is the very first words ever recorded of Jesus, so I imagine these should be very important coming from a 12-year-old Jesus. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he had spoke to them. Now, even before we go on with anything else, let's just tackle that one verse for a few moments. First of all, they were concerned about their feelings, just like any parent would. So if we look at it from that perspective, that's easy to see and understand. But I want you to look at it from your perspective. How often have you wondered why God has abandoned you? How many times have you had something rough happening in your life? Or you're at that moment where you're like, Jesus, where are you at with all this thing, man? And the next thing you know, he starts to ask you, why did you seek me? You know, one of the reasons that we seek him is because we have a tendency to lose Jesus from time to time in our lives. We have a tendency to not know where he is in the function because we have separated ourselves from him, that we're not facing that direction, that we don't truly understand that word repentance, which means to turn around and face the Father, because Jesus tells us he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. So one of the things that happen is the Father calls us, we see Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit indwelled with us once we have stepped into that part of our lives. But the key thing here is he says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my Father's business? That words are so impactful because Jesus is always about the Father's business. Now, my question to you as a Christian, are you about the Father's business? We all like to go to church and we all like to pray and we all like to make sure that we're doing this and that right. But are you about the Father's business? Have you asked the Father what you're supposed to be doing? Have you got down and spent time in prayer seeking counsel from the Holy Spirit and progressing forward with the things in which he is directing you? And the other question is, is that when he has given you directions, are you being obedient and following? 
And do you follow it even if it leads unto your death? You know, one of the things that was said, I went to a school out in Pennsylvania, so I'm sure they're dialed in here listening to this. And I'm going to tell you, when you're around guys that truly are true, deep-thinking theologians, I have a lot of respect for those men and women. And uh, just my classmates in there, there's nothing better than to be in a class where you feel like you are definitely the dumbest person in the room, I can tell you that. But the one thing that I always pay attention to when we were taking a look at the early church fathers or later on in time where you're looking at those that were deep theologians versus the mystics of their era during the dark ages that uh, or during the medieval time, I should say. When you take a look at all of those things, you start to realize, were those people about their father's business? Were they about it? Were they thinking about it? You know, one of the things they said in that class is if you're thinking something new, then you probably better gut check it against those guys. But I'm going to tell you something about those guys. All of those guys in the days of old had their tongues ripped out, their hands cut off. They were burned at the stake. They stood the ground for things that nobody else understood because God had revealed something to them. So I've got to ask you, as you're pouring through the Bible and God's revealing something to you, the first thing I would suggest you do is check it against the Bible. Make sure that what you're reading and what you're receiving is accurate. The second thing is to start talking to other pastors, or if you're not a pastor, to talk to your pastor and have him visit with other people as well. And then continue to kick it up the line. Because as you start to investigate these things, understand this, God is is always revealing something new. And one of the reasons that I say that he's always revealing something new is because the minute mankind thinks that he has figured out everything that God has got to say is the moment you better realize you're in deep trouble. Because we're not as big a thinkers as God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. That's straight scripture right there. And the thing is, is that as we take a look at what God is preparing for us, it always has a single focus. That is the gospel message that Jesus Christ is returning you and making you right with the Father. We are being restored moment by moment and day by day. That when we read the scriptures, we have to understand that Jesus is about his Father's business. And in that, he is trying to get you to be about the Father's business as well. That's why he imparted the Holy Spirit to you. And as he imparted the Holy Spirit to you, it's not so that you had power and strength because nothing you do comes from your own power and strength. The only thing that comes out of that is usually a mess. But what the Holy Spirit pours through you, because I'm going to tell you something, the Holy Spirit does pour through you. And I want you to understand this. And I would just make this clear and I'd stand firmly on this. God does not use you as a human being. I will repeat that again so that you can either shut it off or tune in a little bit harder. But God does not use you. He loves through you. The things that we do for other people are not going to gain anything for you. But the whole world can change because you're obedient to Christ and what he's calling you to do. 
And that if you're about your father's business, his business is loving people. His business is pointing out things that are wrong on occasion. His point, his business is sometimes standing on a rock and shouting, hey, you guys are out of control or this is wrong. But one thing to remember is that you need to be about your father's business. If Jesus Christ, who is the son of God, but if he is supposed to be what we look to and imitate the image, which is also scripture, if we are to look to him, then what we need to realize is that he is the gold star of Christianity. And he tells you, as a 12-year-old boy, I am about my father's business. So what I would say to you today is learn to be about the father's business. Spend time in your word. I mean, don't give it up. You need to spend time in the gospel messages on a regular basis. You need to understand those Old Testament stories. You need to take a hermeneutical look at the things that you're supposed to be looking at. And don't let me throw big words at you. Let me throw this at you. You need to study the Bible because it sorts itself out for you all the time. Go to school. Get an education. I would recommend the NALS, the North American Lutheran Seminary. I would recommend them. There's a lot of schools I wouldn't recommend. CLSTG is one that I would strongly recommend every person get involved with. That's the Christian Life School of Theology Global, and I I do have my degrees from there. And the reason I do is because the education was something I needed. So as we close up our little 10 minutes here, I just want to tell you and remind you on an endless basis, do not kid yourself. Jesus loves you, and I love you, and there's nothing you can do to stop us.